that was pretty much worth my battle away. <laughs> oh, um, I see, yes. Okay, so for, for anyone listening, hello, welcome. This is Lonely United Podcast, episode one, with May and David. Um, I, I wasn't sure what, what to say for, like, Deco, because it's like, he goes by Deco, but it's also David, so I just went with David. But yeah. Anyways, welcome to our first podcast. Um, today's Sunday. Uh, what, February 12th? Mm-hmm. And yeah, we're we're happy to be here. Um, what are you, how are you guys doing? I'm okay. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you got a little. You gotta be a little bit more descriptive on the podcast. Um, I went home to visit my parents today in the morning. Not really in the morning, like later afternoon. So right before this, um, tried a recipe I saw online. It worked out. I made chicken stock from rotisserie chicken from Costco. Very value. And then my dad made me steak. And I tried, my parents ended up getting the Costco white bunny. What is it? The shop I had tool. Oh, the, like, the ice cream popsicle. one? The one that I was looking at oh. but I didn't get. And then my mom said she really liked it so I tried one and it was actually really good. If you ever had like those popsicles from those random convenience stores in China or Taiwan I guess. Um, it just kind of tastes like that, so it's like very nostalgic tasting. I want to try it. Every time I imagine, like, because the 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 right rabbit candy itself is like really hard, right? So like, yeah, I I can't imagine it as like an ice cream form. I honestly don't taste the white rabbit too too much. It kind of just tastes like a slightly sweeter version of a vanilla popsicle, but it tastes like one of those popsicle flavors from Asia. Mm. I don't know how to describe it. I might have to try it. But the popsicle itself is like, you know how the dimensions of those Korean popsicles, like the Korean coffee popsicles? The Korean? Kind of, sort of. It's like, so it's basically like the same cylinder shape and size. But it's pretty good. I liked it. Nice. Nice. Uh, what about you, Diko? How are you doing? I'm doing alright. I just recently getting back into my hobby of mechanical keyboards. Mm-hmm. Oh so, no, yeah. not again. <laughs> well, it's not like, I mean, nowadays, there's a lot of good boards that are not like, super literally expensive. breaking your bank. So, yeah. I, Today, I, all I just... No, go ahead. I'll go second. No, no, no. <laughs> I was... I was just like, I th- I'm pretty sure you sent me, like, a keyboard, like, last night. So I had an idea I that you were getting. Yeah, on uh, Instagram, you kind of tagged me. You were like, I want it. And it's, it's oh, like, was uh, that last night? Was it, or was it two nights ago? Yeah, it was, la- it was oh, last night. Well, it was last night. It's actually the board that I bought, but, you know, it wouldn't hurt to get a second one, right? Wait, it's like the same, <laughs> the same exact one, but you want you wanted a second yeah, one? Yeah, well, the, the one... That one is like it's a pre-buy right now, or pre-order. It's like not in stock, so I don't have it yet. But it is something I ordered. Uh, I was surprised too because I looked at it and it was like Transformers theme. Transformers. 
Yeah, if you, if you look at the keycaps, it actually has like the transport. Oh, it's just that. Key, it's just that particular board that that person built. Gotcha. But so. I can customize like whatever keycaps I want it on. I I really wanted to get into it. I just maybe when I start making money, I just want a really good, nice, seventy-five percent. Is it seventy-five or sixty percent keyboards? There's well, both. There's, yeah, they're they both exist. Yeah. So yeah, probably probably like a seventy-five percent keyboard would be really nice. I think seventy-five percent is, the, that's my personal ideal because it gets rid of all the. Kind of the useless keys in a sense where like. I'm 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 rarely ever gonna use like page up, page down. And this one has all the seventy five percent has all the function keys still and arrow keys. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. But I'm I'm not sure if I'm wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure like seventy five percent is like less common than like sixty percent, right? Or is it the other way around? There are a ton of sixty and sixty five percent. I will say personally, I think there's not a lot of good 75% keyboards out in like terms of like group buys but I'm like very picky in what I like in keyboards I'm sure there's a lot out there you know who's really into keyboards who Lily right yeah I actually know someone who created a tiktok account during quarantine about keyboards and now she has like a pretty big following and she just does keyboard stuff for a living it's pretty crazy. But that was a tangent. What are we talking about today? We have quite a few list of topics that I can talk about. We could honestly just pick and choose and see whatever comes up and then just go with it. Yeah. But oh. how about your day, Martin? Oh, mine? Mine? Uh, it's pretty chill. I think I stayed up pretty late last night. Ever since, uh, Hogwarts Legacy came out. I think I've been trying to, trying to get that game out of the way, but that game is one lengthy game, I'll say. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, no, not too much. A little job hunting, a little, oh, a little good. streaming as well, content creating. Actually, stepped out and tried to do like a. I'm I'm not sure if you guys saw it already, but like a Hogwarts Legacy tip video oh yeah i saw uh one of I, I don't know if you posted more than one but i saw one has like 21 views now yeah yeah so i it was like my first time actually like having time separately to audio record for a video and then having to edit that into the video and uh, it, was, it was something outside my comfort zone and oh wait it has 27.5k yeah it's it's Ooh. i woke up today and i was like what what is going on why am i getting so many comments <laughs> See, what I tell you, these Sadly. are the videos that do well. Yeah, so I, I was surprised, but yeah. That's, that's, maybe I'll, I'll try to make more, but we'll see. It's a slow process. Mm -hmm. So I saw, I think yesterday when I looked at it, there were like 21 shares. So I guess the algorithm was just like, oh, people are sharing this, let's... I think there's people like, it. with these tip videos, pe people like bookmarking it. And I, I think bookmarking yeah. is like a huge plus to the algorithm. Can you see how he will bookmark it? Because I, I can only see how many people shared it from, like, my perspective. It says from uh, people who saved it, around two, more than, it's around 213 people have saved it. Oh damn, saved that's it. a lot. So, and I thought it was just, I don't know, I thought the tip was fairly 
simple. It's just something I missed, so some, maybe other people might have missed it as well. So. Yeah, if you missed it, other people probably missed it. Yeah, but you know how like comments there's always people who are not the nicest. They're oh, like, yeah, yeah. oh my god, I can't believe people are putting generic and easy tips and tricks on here. Like you should know this. <laughs> you just press a button, and I was like, I don't know. Social media is weird. Always gonna be mean people out there. Mm. Yep. But yeah. Well, I guess we can let's talk about our first topic here. And I guess I should just say, how do we feel about milk alternatives? Because there's there's quite a lot out there, and for some of us lactose intolerant people, yeah, it's the only way we can enjoy dairy. Is Deco the only non-lactose person here? I. I guess so. Oh wait, you're not lactose intolerant? I feel like I should know this. I mean, so I feel like I mean it's it's to the extent where I can drink it without any like major consequences. Yeah, I think I'm not I'm not as good as you with milk, but I'm like I like to say I'm lactose sensitive more than lactose intolerant because I feel like there I, are... I feel like you're lactose intolerant <laughs> no like like straight up cer certain things will trigger me like straight up milk super bad I will shit my fucking pants but okay so you're lactose intolerant but, you're lactose but intolerant. if it was like cheese like cheese on pasta certain cheeses on pasta uh, certain cheeses I'm like completely okay with like parmesan perfectly okay with but how did you even find that out did you like just test it <laughs> no, actually, I when I was in like high school, I always get like stomach aches because I didn't know about lactose intolerance at the time. So you know, Adika went to the same high school as me. So you know how we have like cartons of milk at the cafeteria every day. Oh yeah, we had those too. Yeah, like yeah, the very yeah. generic ones. Yeah, yeah, the boxed ones. Well, I would always drink them, and then I would wonder why the fuck is my stomach hurting, like the my class right after lunch period. And you know what? It took me like me two too. whole semesters to figure out. You want me to tell, share a fun fact about Parmesan cheese with you real quick? It's lactose. It's very lactose. Um, low on lactose, I'm pretty sure. Right? Oh, yeah, extremely wine. low. Yeah. Parmesan has a maximum lactose content of 0 0.10 milligrams per 100 kilocalories of a product. Sheesh. Oh, shit. So it's considered safe to eat for those with lactose intolerance. <laughs> You know what that means? Well, that's probably why. Powdered all my pasta. So you're intolerant. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to be intolerant. You're in denial right now. I, I am in denial. I'm always in denial about this. I'm Honestly, not... it could have been worse. Could be worse. No, there there are other cheeses that like have more lactose in it that I can still eat in moderation. You know? Yeah. Name one. Uh, let's see. Mozzarella, but I don't know how much lactose is in mozzarella, if I'm going to be okay, honest. Okay, well, I, you, we, we, I just asked you to name ones that with very little or a lot of... I, I would have to look this up. I don't I don't know all of the cheese lactose intolerance at the top of my head. At least mm. you didn't go to a college that had their own farm and made their own milk or their own ice cream and then always get a milkshake after your last class of the day and then wonder why your stomach was hurting a lot on your 45 hour or not 45 hour 45, 45 hour <laughs> 45 minute drive back home i was like dying in the car 
Why would you not? Because I didn't know. That? I wasn't sure I was lactose until like sophomore year of college. And honestly, I should I should have known the milk or the ice cream would have been bad. But our school is really well known for the ice cream and the dairy. And back when I went there, you can use your dining points for ice cream. So for me, it seemed like a good idea back then. I didn't know you guys also had a a dairy farm because uh, NC State also has one and they're known for their ice cream as well called Howling's Cow Howling Cow Howling's Cow Howl I think ours was straight up called the dairy because we're uh, it's a good agriculture school I'd say. same <laughs> well we started off as an agriculture school I don't know really if people are still doing that I just don't know much about U of U but yeah it's pretty cool I don't know but yeah, here I, I pulled up, I pulled up the list of all the cheeses and like their percentages and lactose. So cheeses like brie, cheddar, gouda, and parmesan, all have mm -hmm. zero to three percent lactose in it. So those are those are the considered the safe cheeses for like. Was it cheddar? Yeah, yeah, cheddar too. I was so surprised. I can eat cheddar cheese without taking lactate. Well, okay, depends well, on how depends sensitive. On yeah, 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 I can yeah. test it. Yeah, so it's for cheddar, it's zero to two point one percent lactose. Ah. so that's pretty good. And surprisingly, so if I have a reaction that that means I'm very sensitive to lactose, right? Yeah, 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 I would say so. And then blue cheese apparently it's also zero to two point five percent lactose. Blue cheese is meh. Okay, now now the cheeses that have like higher lactose ranges, like feta cheese with four point one percent, ricotta, oh, up to five point one percent. And American, which is up to fourteen point two percent. Fourteen. Yeah, because you know American American cheese is like kind of uh, it's not like a how do I how to explain? It's like a man-made cheese, so you oh. add like heavy cream and stuff to make it. Ah. So it's I don't know how to explain this like in the right way. It's it's not naturally processed cheese. It's it's like a yeah. artificially made cheese. But I will say American cheese is probably the best cheese on burgers. Yeah, I I really eat cheddar too though. I like uh, jalapeno cheddar. Jalapeno is that the one they have on Chick Fil A sandwiches? They have the. I think so. Yeah. It's not. Oh, what am I talking cheddar. about? I'm talking about pepper jack. Pepper jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that, <laughs> that that is a good jalapeno, cheese. Jalapeno cheddar is also. I like spicy cheese. Spicy I think it's really cheese. Good sandwiches. I think I, I, How do they make spicy cheese like that? They just mix it in. I'm they assuming. just mince some like jalapenos or whatever spices, and then it's yeah. probably at the. I want to say at the end of the cheese product mm -hmm. making process, because otherwise I think the jalapeno would go bad. Actually, I don't know. I have no clue. I'm just. I just said some stuff. <laughs> I, I mean, none of us work in the cheese it. industry, so I think we're okay. Well, here. I'm thinking because uh, spices usually can get away with uh, fermentation and stuff like that. Because uh, more the more spicy it is, though, that's like bacteria mm. can like kind of build up. Bacteria also doesn't really like spice. Uh, Makes sense. I think I got into cheeses more whenever uh, I found out charcuterie was a thing. And then... Mm. I've been enjoying the the pairing and all that stuff. I have a question about charcuterie. Was it always a thing, or 
did it recently become a thing, or did it just recently become a thing for us because we're getting older? I think it's. it's I think it's always been a thing. Yeah, it's, it's always been it's a more thing. Like, I feel like charcuterie is. It kind. I don't want to say it represents, but I will say, I think it's more common for like fine dining or like rich people. Mm. No, I I, want I mean of course there's like of course there's like cheaper ways to like make them, but if you really want a really good ex if you want a really good experience with charcuterie, mm. like the more expensive you go, I think it's like, it's like a delicacy. It is. Mm. I think it, it is. I tried uh, one in a fine dining restaurant. It was actually really good. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely rich food, for sure. How much was the charcuterie board at a fine dining restaurant? Well, it's more served as like an appetizer sometimes. Mm -hmm. So, I think my friends and I got a it's like a classic appetizer board thing, and you can just choose the amount of cheese what you want in it. Mm -hmm. So I want to say like fifty-ish dollars. Okay. I mean, honestly, made the the ones we make are around that same price point, but probably just a lot more food. Yeah, I feel like we probably get so much more value out of it. Yeah, I don't know. Meats, meats are expensive. Cheeses are expensive too. Yeah, yeah. isn't there like, like that wheel of cheese that's like a thousand? Yeah, that's a parmesan. Oh yeah, a lot of wheel of cheese are really, really expensive. If I ever had like that amount of disposable income, I'd buy a wheel of cheese. <laughs> I just really? Have. Like cheese? Just to have? Uh, you like, know how? Then... Some restaurants like have the wheel of cheese and they just like make the pop they fold the pasta I mean, into that cheese. I think I had that one yeah. time. I had once. It was at Italy in New York. It looks it looks so extra to me. I don't know how much value it adds to the actual pasta itself. You know, I thought it would add a lot more flavor, but I don't know if the pasta wasn't hot enough or the cheese wasn't hot enough, but I feel like it didn't taste too different. But you can definitely taste the cheese, but it just wasn't I feel like I've seen videos where it it looks like it's, it's like super cheesy. My experience wasn't like that. Some cheeses are stronger than others, I would say. Mm. Like a lot stronger, like more pungent, more sharp. Delicate. Yeah, there's a whole world for it. You know, I actually, mentioning, you mentioned it earlier, May, but like seeing it at Italy, I feel like that just like came out of nowhere. Like all of a sudden, I feel like every, every big city has an Italy now. Italy? I mean, I think the first time I've been to Italy was the New York one, and that was probably four or five years ago, so it's been around for a while. Did I just never notice? I just feel like... I just saw but it once, I... and it just started appearing everywhere, like a few I will ago. say, I think when I first saw it, I think it might have been unique to New York, so I don't know if the Boston one opened afterwards, and then they just keep opening other locations afterwards. But I only knew about it because the rooftop restaurant Terra was trending on Instagram for a little bit. And I'm on Instagram all the time, so when we went to New York, I just had to go. Have you been to one, Deco? No, I didn't even know what that was. Oh, oh. So, so like, Italy is kind of like, I think the best way I can put it, it's kind of like a, a attraction park for, like, all the foods and products from Italy. So you, like, it's not even a restaurant. You go in, and it's like, they, they set it up where it looks like a marketplace. With like a lot of Italian things, so like there are like little vendors in the actual Italy itself. Think of it like a giant warehouse almost. And there's like people selling meats, selling ice cream, selling like 
pasta, fresh made pasta, and there's even like restaurants in oh. there. And like May said, there was like a rooftop one called Terra too. So it's kind of like they're selling you the experience of going into Italy without actually going there. That's a very interesting concept. I wonder if there's like other variations of different pretty interesting um, it is very expensive though I will say going in there everything I think they jacked up the prices do you need like a you gotta buy a ticket to go inside as well or is it just like no you just go in well, that's big yeah so it's, it's not like Costco we need like a membership to go in there mm. yeah and when I when I said warehouse it's probably a, quite a little bit smaller than a warehouse <laughs> So, if you guys put cheese on a sandwich, but you want the cheese to melt, mm -hmm. do you guys put the cheese on right after the bread is toasted, or do you guys put it in with the toast? Or do you guys do something even crazier, like toast the bread, put the cheese on, and then microwave? Mm. What do you think is normal? I think, for me, I just put the Hmm. Well, I haven't used a toaster in a minute because I feel like they're so hard to clean out. So, I just kind of put the bread on the stovetop in the pan and then put the cheese on the bread after it's warmed up. But I know nothing about oh. cooking, so. You do like the OG. That's yeah, like the OG I actually don't. Now that I think about it, I don't usually eat cheese in my daily diet, so I don't think that's applicable. Oh, well, I'm sure you wouldn't because you're taking <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even though there are cheeses I can't eat, but I think most the most I've done recently is just Parmesan on um, pasta, right? And so all I do is I don't usually use a microwave, I just sprinkle that on top of pasta when it's basically done, fold it in, and then that's it. I think the best way my way okay so if you put the cheese on and then you toast it i'm talking about like a toaster oven by the way you don't freaking put cheese in like an actual that's it's gonna melt to the bottom <laughs> but if you do that all the bread below the cheese is not really toasted mm -hmm. so i toast the bread put the cheese on let the cheese get kind of warmer and then i microwave it for like 10 seconds for the finishing melting and I don't really lose any of the toasting. I think I agree with that. I don't, I don't see anything wrong with it. It's a little bit of extra work, but I think it's worth it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. granted, like, it's literally like 30 seconds extra work, right? Yeah, I think, I think the everyone here, well, most of us here would probably put the extra work to make food taste better. I think mm. that's just, well, maybe not me. Yeah, they might generally. do it for the convenience. I'm not sure. I do it for the convenience. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no. But cooking, cook, talking about cooking for yourself, I feel like it's so hard to like cook for one person. If it's not like for a sandwich or some or pasta. I don't know. I find it really hard to portion control for one person. Do you guys ever microwave like a platter of food, but like, let's say you put in rice some meat and 
I don't know, some eggplant or something. Eggplant. But, and then you finish microwaving it. And two of the three things are hot, and one of the three things are, like, still very, very lukewarm. And you guys ever get that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you guys know why? I think it's the way the heat is dispersed when you put in multiple things in the microwave, but I'm not sure. It is, and then certain foods also like heat up at different rates. I think so. It's kind of because annoying. I did a little bit of research on that, and apparently, it's because some foods are like more. So the way microwave works, like a lot of like these waves like bounce around in the microwave, mm-hmm. and each time it bounces, puts it up right. Because some some of the food is like absorbing heat when that happens, and some foods, uh, they just like ref- uh, they bounce more than the others or something like that. And I forget which one's the which, but be based on that, that's why some foods, if you microwave multiple, are like less hot they come out. Which is really annoying because, and because of that, I actually, anytime I want to microwave rice with something else, I always microwave my rice, like a minute or th- a minute, 30 seconds. And then on the same plate, I put whatever I was going to eat it with. Then I microwave it again. Because for some reason, my rice never, ever microwaves comes out hot, as hot as the thing I microwave it with. No, it's really annoying. I, I, I haven't gone to that extent of like microwaving different things um, and then combining it all together later. I just usually just put it all together and then microwave it for less time and then I'll like mix it around to like kind of disperse it a little bit so because something's at the bottom heats up slower too right mm. so, oh yeah 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 Yeah. so then i just mix it up make sure the people at the bottom are getting some warmth and then i put it back in and then yeah, do that but if i'm gonna mix my rice in with soup i just put it in together and... yeah soups are soups are fairly easy to microwave except for the times where they like blow up that's oh fun. yeah, if you have like a really fatty piece of meat in there, oh my god. <laughs> it explodes, man. <laughs> or like any vegetables, honestly. I feel like vegetables, when they get oh, overheated, yeah, they just yeah. combust. So like, I would be microwaving my chicken noodle soup, and I hear a bah! And then I look open, and it's just fucking <laughs> carrot juice everywhere. I'm like, mother... Like bits of carrots just stuck on the sides of the microwave. Yeah, and I hate, I absolutely hate that. That, that makes me never want a microwave soup. You gotta get yeah. one of those uh, microwave covers. Yeah, yeah. You guys ever microwave an egg? No, it's, I, I've like, heard so many people doing okay. it. <laughs> like a raw egg or already like peeled, hard boiled? I microwave a raw egg because I got really lazy during quarantine and I know that sometimes it works. Like after like... you crack it or? <laughs> uh... What are you trying to make? A hard boiled egg? I was just trying to make like a semi hard boiled egg. And then I didn't crack it in, cook it, I didn't put it in water or anything. Actually, did I put it in water? I don't remember. But I put it in the microwave for like maybe two seconds. And two then... seconds? That will, ne- that will not do okay, anything. It, was two it, it, it can't be like two seconds. 15 seconds or something. But it was not a long amount of time. And I've done it before, and it, somehow I guess I just got really lucky the time before, and it went like it just worked. But this time, it I was opening the microwave and I was reaching over to grab the egg and I feel like 
it just like exploded but at that moment when I was reaching over so I actually had a scar on my wrist for a while just from like the steam coming out of the hot egg that's really so I never mind the egg since I would never tell any about anyone about that in my entire life <laughs> why it's I just it's such a bad ill-advised idea it's just an embarrassing story <laughs> I mean I'm not too surprised because one time May was over she was cooking dumplings for me I was taking a nap I wake up and the whole apartment was in smokes I said like, what the fuck is happening and apparently she just burnt the dumplings that she was trying to make how do you like burn it because you get distracted or are you looking at it and you're like oh shoot it's burning the entire time um for me i think it was fine because it was like when it, the fire first turned on the heat wasn't too high so i could leave it like that for a little bit but then around the time he woke up the stove top was getting a little hotter and i didn't have enough oil in there so you were paying attention to the f your like the food the entire time. I was, but then I like stepped away for two seconds, and then that's what happened. I don't think it's two seconds. No, no, I was two seconds. I feel like your perception of time is different than ours. And then, and then when he woke up, not after you said like... two seconds at the microwave. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. But to, like he, huh? to be fair though, I feel like when you when you're cooking in like someone else's kitchen or in a new kitchen, it's really really hard to like get used to the stove heat because I feel like every stove works a little differently. What's the best type of stove top to have for like this like? Ah. I've used all three now. I've used like the electric one or the I don't know what you call it. Gas. 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 I have the gas one at home, and then I use the one person has in his studio and i don't know what that's called either but it's like oh it's like the the spiral thing and it heats up do you know what i'm talking about Tico? i don't i don't know if you had your i would still i would think that's still electric because they use electricity to make that heat hot. up yeah i i personally am a huge fan of open stove tops because uh, i feel gas. yeah because i feel like you can do a lot more things with it is that like, the one i have here i think so the one with open flames yeah because mm -hmm. so, you can oh, yeah, so that's you could, the gas yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can do like a lot of different things with it. Like you can flamboy things. You can like use it to char vegetables. I feel like there's like a lot of use cases where an open stove top would be really useful. I agree with that. Also, it's like... It's, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's like a better control of heat. You can actually like see the flame like change, you know? Yeah. I think... Instead of like, yeah. it's all red the entire time. I used a electric one growing up, so I didn't have any experience using any other type of stove top. It's just, I don't know, I mean, gas isn't supposed to be the best for you, so I'll say that. That's one thing that electric stove tops are better in that sense. I, j I just think it's a preference, but if I ever like get a house, I'm, I'm looking for a gas stove top. And I want I a big kitchen honestly, too. I would like my like main stove if there's like four of them on there. I want it to be electric, but I would like to have like a, like a portable gas stove on hand in case I want to do that. Just because it's a lot cheaper to have electric stove, 
and it's kind of safer. It is. Like, you don't have to I, really worry about any like gas leakage or like gas maintenance. Yeah, that is true. Same thing with like if you have kids, right? I would assume if you have kids, you would try not to get a gas stove top or something like that. Maybe that's why we always had a electric one. Maybe. I mean, at, at some point when electric stoves came out, it was like really, really trendy. Like, you know, technology. What? Stuff. What's the what's the type where like, when you use it, it's not hot when you touch the surface. It's like conducted through something, right? I forgot what's called. Inductive. Yeah, inductive stoves. Those are pretty cool, honestly. I don't think I ever used one. They're induction. It's like, I think it's really cool that how induction works as well, and apparently, apparently, there's like a lot of specific. Uh, pots and pans you can use on it, mm. and it like does re it like lessens the smoke produced, so you can have like Korean barbecue with like less smoke. Yep, that's I think that's exactly correct. You need there's like a yeah. certain type of material that will only conduct heat through that stove. So if you use like a regular pot and pan, it won't work. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. So I mean cool. that's a pro and a con. Like you have to buy specific. I just, yeah, you're right though. Like, I feel like this, there's like Korean barbecue places that is, it gets like so gross on the pan after like just one cook through the meat and stuff. Like, I think Yokaku, the one we have, which is more like Japanese barbecue, but mm -hmm. I, me and May went the other day and they like had one round of meat, we cooked it, and then the stove is just like full of like, the char and gunk and stuff already, and I haven't seen it like that dirty that fast before. Mm. Interesting. And then like, if we go to like I don't know Chadol, they just like grab that little fucking napkin, the small one that we use for the meal, and they just like wipe it and it's all gone, which yep. is kind of crazy. And you I know what it's like stove top my dad would say is the best. The ones like they straight up have in the countryside of Asia, where it's like not even a stovetop, they just have firewood and then like a hole, <laughs> and then they put their wok on top of the where the firewood is burning. Oh, yeah, my dad would say that's the best one. What do you even call that? I think it's literally just cook it over fire. Yeah, it does taste like pretty good though. I think so too. I think it's really, especially when you're like grilling meat on top of that kind of stuff. It's, I don't know why. I feel like nature just kind of helps. Nature. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alright. Let's see. Let's 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 switch a little topic here. Let's 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 talk about let's talk about what life is like now that. COVID seems to be, well, knock on wood, but COVID seems to be gone, going away. Um, everyone's going back out again. Everyone's been partying. I feel like a lot of us has went through some changes through COVID. I think a lot of us, we had to stay in. So I feel like a lot of us gone close over COVID is what I'm trying to say. I know that COVID is over and that people are going out again. How, how has that affected you guys and what is it like 
trying to navigate post-COVID? I think COVID really helped me see who my real friends are and or like have like a better judgment on some people as well that I didn't know about before. And I'm specifically talking about people who are like, especially when COVID was at its peak and like literally people were dying and they're still like help spreading it. That's what really, really bothered me about those people. And I don't think I would like to form any connection with them after I knew about that. I mean, things are different a little now because it's more like the general population that it's like more okay to do now. It's like, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I it, think it, I also, yeah. It makes sense because like you work work at a bubble tea store, right? So you're, you're constantly being, having to be exposed to other people. So putting, putting yourself, your friends putting you at risk means you're putting everyone else at risk who comes to the store too. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's always like extremes as well. I'm talking about the people who are like partying like every other night. Oh yeah. Like yeah. going out to clubs and stuff like that. Yeah. I think it's different if you're like a. I mean, I, I'm not a for like what do you call it? First aid worker? No, it's. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. Kind of uh, first, first response. Yeah, first like responder. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not that, but. Restaurants or like. The food industry in general, like. Or people who just need to work, I think that's a okay reason as long as like a, l a lot of the establishments have like safety protocols, like uh, really good ventilation, uh, masks, and frequent hand washing, and like li limiting uh, customer interaction. Because that's what we used to do as well. I saw a place where they literally rearranged. It's a boat. It's a bubble tea place actually. It's they rearranged their entire. They had all their tables and chairs they rearrange it to make it into like a blockade like so that people customers cannot get past through it and then it was all they bought a one of those giant tablets where you can just like self-order and then the way it will work uh, a few of those tables on the blockade that was their pickup area and they would just put it there and then walk away and then like they're still really far away but we can you can still like talk to them but, but from like really far away I actually really like that layout, although it looked really expensive. I think a few restaurants near me still kind of do that, or like some, there's like one sushi restaurant that I used to go to a lot, and they actually, pre-COVID, they recently moved to a bigger location, so they have more indoor dining spots, um, but since COVID, they, they're still in that bigger location but they kind of did a similar blockade, whereas what happened, used to be the front entrance, they kind of made it into an impromptu like ordering window. And instead of doing, being able to place orders when you need to get there, you just kind of have to place orders online. So I think that eliminated a lot of, they used to have like some part-timers doing the cashier and taking orders. And now I notice it's like the owners or whatever, it's just greeting people and then giving them yeah, it was actually a huge problem with uh, workers getting COVID because, yeah, it was really stressful.
how do you, how do you guys feel about the fact that there were some people who was like during the peak of covid they were like going out and partying every day and like just doing the very ill vice stuff they're supposed to do um the fact that they did end up getting covid but they're completely fine afterwards and there are people who haven't gone covid that entire time but now got covid near the end of like that era because of people going out and that eventually everyone you know how it works with like pandemics you're supposed to stifle the outbreak a little bit so that it's still gonna occur people getting covid but it's gonna be like at a lower rate right yeah so but i it's it's, it's kind of unfair isn't it like some people just go out and they're, they're still having fun and they're doing stuff like that they get covid and then they just get over it and that's just that but then there's some of us who are more responsible who helps with the pandemic and the outbreak but we just have to kind of t- i don't know take the blunt of it later on i mean i mean it doesn't change the fact that i still think that they're really irresponsible and inconsiderate but i mean irresponsible and inconsiderate people that doesn't really they're not like evil, you know. They're not. They're not gonna be like murderers and stuff like that. Oh, maybe like one percent of them. Isn't isn't one percent of people like? <laughs> like you think there's people out? There probably are people out there who like just purposely went out, caught it, and then. Oh yeah, like there there are those random stories where, like people will like freaking lick the freaking telephone pole. What? <laughs> like spread spread it, or like try to get it. Because they thought that like COVID was a hoax and stuff like that, and then there's like two weeks later, there's another story update on them that they they, they got COVID and got and they were admitted into the hospital because they got it really bad uh, along with other things. Because who the fuck would like a telephone pole? It's like ah. No, I, I remember there was a girl who went viral on TikTok because she licked the toilet seat. Oh my. Yeah, God. yeah, that's one of them too. COVID. But I'm pretty sure it was a stunt because I think she's like a she's still kind of relevant on TikTok now and she does a lot of like problematic things but i think she's just doing it to go viral in a bad way um so i'm not sure if she actually liked the toilet seat but in response to the whole like people who went out i know like people who went out a lot and then never ended up getting covid during the time even though like they literally went out the same amount as they went pre-covid during covid um but i think a lot of my friends who didn't go out during covid at all like towards the end of COVID or like I guess more recently they started going out more just because they weren't able to before and as a result like some of them did catch COVID just because you're going out more and like probably bound to happen but I think when it was happening like pre-COVID and people I knew went out luckily not a lot of my friends did that I think like they're pretty responsible um, and if they did do it they like made sure that they didn't they weren't staying with any older relatives or family members it was just people who were like young adults living together and if they did catch COVID they would be sure to be very safe about quarantining but um, I guess most of my friends are responsible but I did see like a couple who um, just straight up like pretending like nothing happened and I pretty much stopped associating with them but I think for the most part most of my friends are pretty responsible and I didn't really have to do that to make sure 
I think it's like one thing to be going out there and getting COVID, and then another thing to be like doing that and then not telling people that you got COVID or not telling people oh, that you went out. That is, oh, yeah. that is, that's really bad. That's so so bad, and I, I've seen that happen. That's like so a next level bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I feel like I just I literally did not go out during the beginning and middle of COVID. I feel like. Yeah, I didn't Same. go out. And then the most I like did for a week was we would go on Costco runs because we like back then I think we had our whole family was living at home minus my older sister so it was a lot of people to feed and um, me and my younger sister would just do weekly Costco runs and we kind of make a whole day out of it we'll like dress up way more than normal people dress up to go to Costco take photos either inside Costco or like outside a parking lot. And then afterwards, since we were already out, and my parents usually don't let us leave the house at all, we'll just go, like, chill in a random parking lot, and just, like, take photos and just hang out to be anywhere but home. Nice. Yeah. I think it was good to go out uh, in a safe environment, because, like, being holed up at home that entire time, that was not yeah. it. That being said, I did play a lot of games during that time, so. I, I got into Like, Abram was my beginning quarantine game, and then it transitioned to Valorant. I think it was around that time that I think I got closer to Deco and Decent, too. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. I think you started associating, like, started playing with us a lot around then. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was, I think, if I had to, like, look back and see, I think my friend group from before COVID and then after COVID, it's... It's very different. Mm-hmm. And I think that just kind of says, like, how people change and yeah. stuff through through that kind of time period, I guess. Yeah. There are a lot of friends here that I stopped hanging out with. Not because they're, like, bad people, but yeah, their yeah. groups tended to hang out a lot outside club settings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it was really just hard to like keep up with them because I really I couldn't really meet up with them in person having my job at stake as well my source of income if I get sick like I can't work I don't have like a job from work at home you know I can't just get sick and risk it I did in like the very beginning and then it was it was a co-op so it ended and then it was kind of really hard at the time to do anything else i feel like same thing with now in the recession oh. Time I mean, for, like for me i think i was just stuck in a weird place because i had a contract with the company so i was scheduled to start a new job and it was supposed to be around the time covid started but then once covid started it was hard to get travel visas anywhere, much less China. Mm. Um, so then I was like stuck in a place where I was like, because it was like a teaching job, and I always wanted to go back to China and just teach for a year. That was like a bucket list item. And everything went really smoothly from finding the company to actually getting a position with the company. And it was supposed to be really close, like maybe like a 15 minute bus ride from my grandparents' place. So it was going to work out perfectly. And then everything 
happened and then I was just stuck with this contract that I had and then each year or like every so often my recruiter was she was really nice about it but she was like like okay like things are looking like kind of better now like maybe we'll try again and I'll do the whole background check I'll do um, all the paperwork and then there's like fees associated with that too that I would get reimbursed later but I never did because um, I ended up not going through with the job because it was just too much of a waiting game but yeah. friend group wise I don't I think my friend group was pretty solidified because COVID happened for me after I graduated and I feel like by then um, a lot of your friend groups are I don't know I would definitely say I'm not as close to my previous friend group just because I think that friend group a lot of how we got close was we hung out a lot and like we went out a lot in person so without that aspect of hanging out I think it's just natural everyone just kind of drifted away a little bit and then I think I met more people than I like lost friends so a net gain of friendship <laughs> during COVID one thing I'll say that I do miss like during COVID there was a time where since no one could go out everyone was playing games together oh yeah and, and I'm, I I think very fondly back then and think about all the times we were playing like May, May probably doesn't like this, but like the tent, the, the customs in Valorant. And I, it just... was fun at first. It was fun like <laughs> a lot of people were playing, and like a lot of people were new. Um, I mean, I think we got really lucky with the uh, the team balances as well, so we pro all, like both sides always had fun. Yeah, it was, I think I'm just like over that now. It's like, it was a phase for me. And the same thing was like Among Us. Among Us was really fun when it first started. Mm -hmm. Like, remember how freaking easy and fast it was to get a 5-stack or even 10 people for customs oh, or, yeah. like, 10 people for Among Us? It was so fast and snappy. It was like, hey, want to play? Like, literally in 5 minutes, we'll have a full lobby and people would be like, let me know if there's more room in, like, an hour or something. Yeah. We had to yeah. freaking wake you. It's crazy. Yeah, it was... Like, but now we're, slow. like, whole 30 minutes just to get, like, one more person for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it feels so weird, right? Like being drastic a, difference. Yeah, it feels so weird being like part of the group who like still play games because I know a lot of people they didn't play games going into COVID, so yeah. I had a general idea that once COVID ended, maybe perhaps they would go back to what they were doing before, right? Which is fine. Yeah. But um, for me, I always like playing games, so the fact that we're still here and a lot of people have gone already, it, it's kind of like bittersweet you know but i i do remember playing with everyone and meeting so many new people yeah, i met a lot of people i met a lot of um i feel like i had different eras of friendships during covid i had like my traditional friends from college who go out a lot we still like chat and i think we played maple story a little bit during the beginning of covid and then afterwards i met a lot of creators and influencers and that was like an era in itself and it was fun too we also that's when around the end of that era was when we played among us and like valorant that's when i started gaming more and then i met eco through Sun. and i think i just played with slowly united since then yeah but eco were you always a gamer yeah well, I wouldn't say I'm, like, as much of a gamer as I was back then. 
yes, I was always a gamer in that sense. <laughs> I, know, I know, I remember. Wait, remember when you, me, and Dison would always like three stack? Yep. Three stack. Yeah, and we would just tell each other. I just remember so much. Like three stack and then have two randoms? Yep. Yep. Damn. We were like pushing rank around that time. Not nowadays, never. we just play for fun. I can't. I can't. I I think I tried three stacking with like Selena one time, and if it weren't the fact that like Selena's very very good at responding to VM in ways that just leave people speechless, I don't know if I would have been able to do it. People are toxic at Valorant. Oh yeah, for sure. It's always it's always between um, who's more toxic, Valorant or League. It's actually it's mm. actually kind of crazy. But I think Valorant's okay in your higher rank if you get past to like Immortal or Beyond. It's kind of like people just I haven't been there. <laughs> people are just like all egoing anyway, so everyone just kind of does their own thing. But in like Plat, Gold, Diamond, they're all kind of like, oh, I want to get, I want to get to Immortal. I want to be so good, and then they get tilted when they don't do well, and they start like venting other people. I mean, you know, I think there's less toxic people in Valorant just because there's a less of a chance of a keyboard warrior as in League, because there's no like a public voice chat. Mm -hmm. Dude, they will just say anything they want. <laughs> yeah. If you get one of those people in Valorant, there's like a such a high chance where like if they like get shut down by like someone who like roasted them or something, like they'll shut up. Or like oh, it's yeah. like like if you're going 0 and twenty, like they will shut up. They'll, they'll... like they you know? They'll wait until the very, very last moment of like when the game ends, they'll just like say something real fast, <laughs> and then that's it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, Brimstone, you suck, you suck, you suck. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then the game <laughs> ends, and then that's it. <laughs> no but I will say, I met a lot of like cool random people through Valorant, and I've never done that through League. Like I one time played against, I don't think it was comp, it might have been comp, I don't know. But we won against them, but it was their names were the One Direction members. Oh my and, like, god. As a troll, we just added them because, like, the whole game, we were like, oh my god, like, we're big fans, you know, just, like, trolling them back. And then afterwards, we added them, and I think they turned out to be a bunch of, like, teenage girls, and they were really funny. They put on, like, a One Direction concert for us. I still have the video of it. And then I follow some of them on TikTok and everything, and I think I still follow them to this day. So I don't think I've ever made connections like that off of League. I think it it is, like... You do form a stronger connection with a stranger through voice than through text, I feel. Yeah. But I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I played League for like, I can actually say this now, I played it over a decade. <laughs> so I, I've made so my old. fair share of connections. <laughs> so I can't really say which one I made more connections with. I mean, I'll say Valorant, I made more real life connections. Mm -hmm. But for League, I definitely made more uh, online connections where. There's definitely some people I haven't met yet. Gotcha. Can you imagine League with voice chat though? I, I know why Riot doesn't do it. it I so couldn't toxic. at first. I mean, they tried at first, actually. I remember it was called League Voice, where you can actually talk to your... Uh... Oh wait, they don't still have that? It, well, League Voice now is more... F it's, it's only for your party, like when uh -huh. you queue up together. Oh, but it used to be where you can talk, and that didn't last long. It didn't really. No, I, think it did it, not. I think they patched it and removed it in like a month. Did not know that. 
But I never really played League, I only played Arams. I think also there's something called Curse Voice back then. Mm -hmm. It was uh, like a voice chat just for League of Legends. It's a third party thing like Discord. Mm -hmm. So people would literally just uh, copy and paste the Curse Voice like, mm -hmm. link in the chat. And that's how you would like talk with your team, like strangers and play for like a better chance of winning or whatever for better com communication. And oh my god, I met really, really awkward people for that. <laughs> I, I can see why they chat only. Yeah. You, you know, it's kind of worrisome to think about how. Because COVID, COVID what, lasted for like two years basically? One, two years? Yes. And there's like people, like younger kids who like grew up in that kind of environment in like a very pivotal time in their life for like social mm -hmm. development, right? And I feel like we're seeing it now in a lot of cases where people are very good at communicating in person or like having the social awareness among young, younger younger kids like gen gen what gen is it millennials not millennials um boomer not boomers zoomers millennials is older i think i'm at the cutoff for millennials so it's like i don't know what the beginning of millennials are but i know like the cutoff is like mid 1990s i think you guys are both gen z right we are, we are the cutoff year, I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah. 1997 is, 1997 is Gen Z. Oh, Wait, Gen, Z. Gen Z? You guys are Gen Z. Gosh, I'm old. Well, better than Bingo. You said you're old, you're Gen Z. Um, I'm it's so like the old. most recent one, isn't it? No, no, there's <laughs> a newer one, isn't there? Oh, there's generation. There's a newer one now? There's a new one, there is a new one. There is a new one, I'm pretty sure there's a new one. But Gen Z is called? still considered, like, pretty young. Yeah. New jeans is catered toward Gen Z. Damn. Well, I do like I do like new jeans. <laughs> I do like new jeans. You're a target demographic for new jeans. No, no. I mean, I TikTok is for for Gen Z. Gen Z. Yeah. 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 But yeah, for sure, a lot of I feel like definitely during COVID, a lot of people did start wanting to be like social media careers. I feel like that's become a big boom mm -hmm. in the industry. Everyone wants to be a streamer, YouTuber, TikToker. There's even I like think because of COVID, there's such a strong, there's a stronger online social media influx presence mm -hmm. than yeah. there was before because of so many, so just so much online presence in general from all over everywhere. Yeah. So. But the thing is, the type of influencers that they look for now are really different from what it was pre-COVID. I think pre-COVID it was just people who like traveled a lot, had a really glamorous lifestyle that people wanted to mimic. And now it's people who other people find relatable and real. And yes, authentic. I was gonna say relatable uh, content. Yeah, so like the even though I think that might be due to like COVID, a lot of it is due to COVID because like the people who were famous for traveling a lot, like really luxury and like glamorous stuff, they couldn't really do much of that without being like shunned for going out a lot, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, so I think people who were big influencers then and are still big influencers now had to kind of pivot their niche to become more relatable. So, and then now like the ones who come out are a lot of TikTok influencers and I feel like most of the days now to get famous off of TikTok you have to be really relatable and just have a personality that people like to watch. I think that, that is definitely one route. The other route I've seen a lot of is people would just do very controversial or very polarizing content because it gets a lot more engagement and also gets a lot more views 
Like licking the toilet seat. Yeah, like like licking the toilet seat. But the thing is, like, do they get followers from that, or do they just get kind of famous? I think they do. I think I, those come in kind of kind of hand in hand to some extent. Right? Some people and, like, follow just to like get more of that stuff on their feed. Yeah, and the one thing I've learned is that people love arguing about stuff online. They, that oh is my goodness. Really true. They, they will just chronicle online people. They will just fucking just keep where we type comments. They're I like, don't even like look at comments where videos that like go viral viral because you sure you're sure there's gonna be like one big hater and they're just gonna like respond to every single comment. It's like what have called? you guys ever opened up a thread of one of those comments? Comment threads? For oh yeah, they like argue threads. back and forth with each other. They're so, so funny. It, it's pretty <laughs> funny, it's but... so childish. It's actually yeah. so ridiculous. Like, I will, like, go onto one of the profiles and find out that, like, it's literally, like, a 43-year-old man arguing with, yeah. like, a 14 year Like, mm -hmm. bro. <laughs> and it's hard, because, like, people will do this, because they know that their online persona or profile, it's pretty anonymous to their real life. So you can just create a new account, no one will know who you are, you can just type whatever you want. There's no regulation Dude, Some of these it. people are fearless, though, like, like, that 43-year-old man I just said as an example, like, he had content that he posts and mm -hmm. it, you can i saw one of them and it's all the same thing where he the dude actually has like an ego he thinks he's like the best in the world with all the content and so stuff like that mm -hmm. it's it's very represented like it's not unexpected uh, <sighs> yeah. yeah it's weird because like i think other countries like China and like Korea, they kind of make you link your ID and stuff to your yes. online account, so you can kind of be responsible for doing things online. I feel like, to an extent, I feel like we should maybe implement that because there are people who like do actually harmful things on the internet, right? Like smurfing. Literally, like, they're like crimes on the internet, but. God, yeah, I, okay. I fucking hate Smurfs, dude. Like, they ruin my ranked games all the time. It's like crazy. I don't know. I don't know. Can't, can't. <laughs> um, like, oh my god. But the, the the thing about the 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 way that Korea and China does it with like linking your social online presence to like one number. Mm -hmm. There, there is the, there is the argument for. Uh, Privacy and yeah. freedom of speech and that kind of stuff. No, because do we do we really trust the government to be regulating all of our online content, all of the things that we say online? No. Like right right now, I think the most regulation that we've seen from speech online is from like the private companies and on the social media. So like Twitter, they'll do the regulation. Mm -hmm. um, so it's up to them to do it, and they're already doing this bad of a job, and they probably know technology more than the government. Do we really think the government's going to do a better job regulating content online? I mean, I think the only thing that needs to be regulated, like, I think smurfing whatever is fine. Like, you can, like, oh. say whatever on the internet, but as long as, like, not harmful, you know? But there's definitely people out there who, like, well, I guess there are special forces or special task forces assigned to these. I watched like a documentary or like a YouTube docu-series a while ago and it was a bit about this special team. I think it was actually a group of people who 
just were really passionate about uh, keeping children safe on the internet. So they will create a lot of fake TikTok and like other social media profiles posing as like minors. And it was kind of disgusting because a lot of full grown men, like with a lot of like men and women with a lot of information on their social media profiles would um, try to like meet up with this minor, fake minor. And they actually were able to catch them, basically. Catch a few of them, like based off of the information they had on the internet. So, like, I guess, like, even if you think that you're anonymous on the internet, there's always ways to find out more information just because a lot of these people, they just, like, don't think there's any repercussions, so they just overshare a little bit. But uh, the internet's still dangerous, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. I probably won't let my kids have social medias until, like, middle school. I think I, I I would agree with that. I think I'm I didn't get my like first cell phone until like freshman year of high school and I feel like I'm kind of glad that I didn't get more exposure mm -hmm. to that social media world until like later on, you know. Yeah. But back when I was a kid, I was like, god, did everyone has a phone? I want a phone, mom. I want a phone, dad. I want a computer, but no. Yeah, I, I really wanted a phone, like, really early on, but honestly, there was no point in me having a phone, because I think back then people used, back in my day, I'm a little bit older than you guys, but back in my day, we used, like, online chat thingies to talk to each other, so... AIM? Yeah, AIM, we used, I think I used my sister's AIM account, because I didn't make an email until really late, too, so... I would, like, use her account, and I, like, chat to my friends after school on AIM and then there was a phase where everyone was like using this web chat thing called like Ubu or something. I don't oh know if you guys remember that phase. I remember but that was dangerous too. That was like weird too. I think um I met a lot of random like older kids through Ubu. And like my first interaction with them would be through like a video call. Holy moly, that brought, that brought back so many memories. Yeah. Ubu. I remember that. But kids like oh, still oh, like oh, they, oh. even if you don't let them have a social media or if you don't like let them near technologies, they'll still find their own way to like get access yeah. to it. Um, like just thinking about like myself back when I was a kid. So I think there's just so much more to do with like teaching your kids on just how to be like, safe morally and like just common sense and safety. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many videos out there like how i mean of course they get their parents consent on how easy it is to like actually like trick their kids into mm -hmm. coming out to meet them at a park and like they would so lie scary. to their parents and then the yeah it's like there's a whole show about it too it's actually insane i think i've seen clips of that show on my tiktok actually yeah i think i saw it there too i, I like the parents oh huh no, go ahead, Diko. Parents. I was just gonna say that, yeah, the parents were even like, they they firmly believed and trusted in their kids that they wouldn't get tricked mm -hmm. to their strong disbelief. They were proven wrong. Was it the videos where it was like someone's posing as like a gas pressure checker, and they, they I think the one I watched it was like they ring the doorbell and they're like, oh, like we're with a gas company. Um, or checking to see if like, or they got a reading that like there's a gas leak. Can we come in? And the kid will be home alone, and then 
I think out of all the videos I watched, like every single one of them opened the door. That's wow. so scary. Yeah. I'm sure that's content as well. But the ones I saw was like, um, it was an online friend that they made. Mm. And they were like posed to be like a 14 year old. What were you saying, Martin? Oh, uh, I was gonna. I just had like a question come up to my mind after. It's yeah. a little bit of a topic switch, though. So, um, I mean, I think we've just been changing topics while we talk anyway. Yeah. yeah. We did that from end of COVID days, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, this is our first time doing a podcast, so for people who are watching, um, uh, I was just wondering since we were talking so much about. Uh, the rising of the social media presence from mm -hmm. both creators and users. Yeah. It was like, you would argue that the boom of that social online presence happened during COVID, and now we're coming down from it. So how do you guys feel about people who are starting kind of their content creating presence online now, and they're behind the curve? How, how do you guys think I mean, I think that's really tough to say without like major statistics behind that information. But it's it's true, right? It also, I mean, one could also argue that it's still boomed. It doesn't mean like you can't really tell that it's gonna go down now. Because like, for all we know, like all those like friends that weren't gamers that we had, mm -hmm. they still come back from time to time to play games, and they still like you know they still watch content and stuff. Mm -hmm. Not like they're completely off the charts, and, and then yeah, that's true. I think the there are people who are also say like we're entering more into the digital age, so that you can argue that right. The more that just because it's bigger now as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, just just a little like it's like what I if what, what if saying, we started earlier? Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What if we started earlier? Yeah. What I mean, what, I think. It's fair to say that you might have had like a better chance if you're like very original and stuff like that, but I don't think like it significantly reduces anyone's chance right now. Because mm -hmm. if you think about it, yeah. OTV's popped off. You're talking about like riding the wave kind of thing. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I feel like a lot of the people you've met during COVID as well were people who popped off in that community, right? and then TikTok, Instagram. I mean I guess I can speak a little bit more about this because I've been like a quote-unquote creator for longer because I was around during like the pre-COVID era I created and like kind of grew my TikTok pretty quickly during COVID like during before everyone kind of started going on to TikTok and then I think now I'm like more of a casual creator now but I don't think it's ever too late and I don't think there's ever gonna be like no audience for for you it's just a matter of um I definitely think it was easier in terms of TikTok at least towards the beginning because I would literally do like unoriginal content, just random content. And then I would close my TikTok app for a week, not check it. And then like next time I logged in, I would have at least like 5K more followers just posting like random lists and team video. But now you can't really do that. That's now crazy. you have to actually like do creative content. But granted, like I don't know how quality those followers were back then, but it was just like the growth I felt back then was uncomparable to anything similar with like reels when i first started when they, they first launched reels 
um, anything you post would kind of go viral just because there weren't as many real videos out there for people to scroll through. Um, and then now, obviously, when you post things, you'll have more competition. But if something is unique and like people like it, want to share it, it's still going to go viral and you'll still like grow from that. But it's just a little bit harder. But I think a part of like being a creator is you always have to be aware of new platforms coming up because I think when I was starting off on TikTok, people were really unsure about TikTok because TikTok was previously Musical.ly and Musical.ly wasn't, um, hmm, how can I put this, like not everyone liked Musical.ly. So people weren't sure about how well TikTok was going to do. And even when TikTok kind of blew up and a lot of people were using TikTok, we weren't sure like if it was going to stay around as something or it would go away like some other social media platforms that kind of popped up during COVID. Um, so I think it's just like a lot of uncertainty, but usually from my experience, if you jump onto a trend beforehand, it does give you like a little bit of a boost and an advantage in terms of visibility, just because there's less content circulating. But I don't think it's ever too late to gain a following. Cause right now if you, um, this is like, we're still like in the beauty community, I guess. But right now one of the most popular beauty creators, she actually started making content maybe like in the past three months. And then she just does a lot of relatable, like, story time videos while she does her makeup. And obviously, in her case, joining late and then starting posting videos late wasn't really an issue because she kind of blew up and is doing really well now. So I don't think, um, even though maybe, like, it won't happen as fast, um, but I think just putting out content there and then just... As long as you're putting out good content, eventually one of your videos will do well, and then you don't know what happens after that. I completely agree with that. I think I don't think riding the wave should define your um, process of like getting followers. I think it helps, but if you're like putting out good content, like Ming said, you're mm -hmm. bound to like gain followers in the long run. I mean. right. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does definitely feel more saturated now. Mm -hmm. definitely feels like it's becoming more normal to make videos and because everyone I feel like has like a very ideal romanticized version of doing social media mm -hmm. but I've also heard on the flip side that there's a lot of uh, scary stories about how bad it is for your mental health and how people mm -hmm. like don't don't like they don't do social media for very long. It's a means to end, you know. Um, we do have a question though from chat that says asking what we you guys think about cancel culture nowadays. So if you guys feel like you have any opinions Thanks about Thanks for the great question. Biscuit, biscuit, biscuit. Um cancel culture. I honestly to an extreme of like okay, like a the guy's like a freaking mass murderer and like killed like 5,000 babies. Mass murderer. That's Okay, but if it's like like one person made a mistake and they're gonna be labeled for that for the rest of their life and canceled for that, I don't really believe in that. I honestly believe in second chances and like it's like you shouldn't be defined by your mistake, right? Because there's so many arguments on like how you better yourself. You learn from your mistakes. You become better person. But mm -hmm. if it's like a very like, right? Like, I I think it really has to do with like what you really did, 
Like if he, you know. Yeah, I think um, outside of extremes, I just, I feel like you need to make your best judgment and feel what you, like go with how you feel the person that you're following, the content creator that you're following, how you think mm. of them really. Because I'm really into YouTube videos. And like back then, every other week, there's always like a big creator, something happened to them and they have to like release a, oh, I'm sorry video, you know? And there's so many of them too, like so many I'm sorry right. videos and it's like crazy. And the thing is, you can kind of tell which ones are more genuine and which ones are not. Because a lot yeah. of them are just- They will actually actively try. You can, they'll mm -hmm. post that kind of content as well. Yeah, mm -hmm. so I don't know. Can cancel culture is kind of like a side product of social media mm -hmm. um i think it, it can be warranted but it's also hard to say sometimes when the person that you're trying to make a judgment on is someone that you have never met in real life and is just a figure on screen they're probably using their persona really hard to determine mm. yeah i agree with what both of you guys said um think cancel culture is a little toxic but there's also been cases where like people have been canceled for like straight on crimes so in that case i don't think there's anything wrong with that because we should stop completely supporting someone if they like committed a crime um but i think a most recent case i can think of is this beauty tiktoker got canceled because she was doing like a mascara review and then people are it's never been confirmed but people are speculating that for like the after for the mascara review, she put on false lashes. So kind of um, giving her audience a false perception of how well the mm. product works. And I think the, her like brand is that she's like very authentic. She's like, um, before TikTok, she was just like a random like person, like a normal person. So people found her content really relatable. And I think the funny thing is like, she made a video in the past where it's like, don't believe in like mascara company ads because a lot of times they'll like do it before and then go off camera and then put on false flashes and then give you an after. And that's essentially what she did in her videos, supposedly. Um, but I don't think something like that where, yeah, it's like she did something bad and she like spread false information to her followers, but it's not like a crime or life or death. Um, I think if she like made a, apology video or just acknowledge her mistake and went back right. to creating content i think it should be fine but i think the thing with her is she didn't really make an apology just yet um but it's also never been confirmed that she actually did it people just highly speculated it so it's a weird like yeah i think instead of cancel culture what i really wish for the community online community show more is like something more of like a redemption culture mm -hmm. where you like depending on how severe it is like you give that person however much time that they use and need really instead of like a one day later I, i'm sorry like half-ass sorry and then they like, mm -hmm. go back to content like, i'm gonna be I'm, this might be really controversial but let's say this is a makeup story as well let's say i <laughs> really bad like environment growing up and like he was like yeah like an abusive father abusive mother he got orphaned and then now he doesn't treat his kids and then let's say like he messed up one day and got caught like slapping his kid in public and then mm -hmm. i think and then he, his job was a content creator and then he got canceled let's say for like five or ten years 
tries to come back and he's really, like genuinely like a changed man he went to so much like therapy and like uh, whatever rehab you have to go to like remediate like all your like how to like treat your kids how to like treat relationships family like, he's, he's generally like one of the best people in the world now. Mm-hmm. Like, I would forgive that person mm-hmm. I would like start watching his content again granted it's good content yeah I, I, I agree with you too it's just it's so hard for that kind of situation to happen where you know the full picture I think in most cases you'll never have the full picture of the person behind the screen we'll, we'll, we'll never uh, like if they show like you said if they show like enough of an evidence that they've grown into a better person then yeah for sure but it's it's so hard to just based on videos that they posted and things that probably have an intention to them mm-hmm. it's hard to take it out like, right, that's the thing though like with cancel culture people are so freaking quick to judge you don't know what that person went through what caused them to act that way yeah like everyone is not a therapist like how they think yeah, I agree. They just, yeah, I think that's a huge problem with cancel culture. Yeah. Mm. But I, there's no easy solution to this. Yeah. It's yeah, I mean it's also depends on how desperate, maybe not desperate is the word, but how much effort they put in, how much dedication that content creator has to like. Be alive through content again, then they gotta show it. They really have to show it, because yeah. quite like, frankly, it is still their fault for putting themselves in that situation. Mm-hmm. So they better work really hard to reverse that situation. Like mm-hmm. show all that evidence, show how much you've put work you've put into bettering yourself, and like try, like actually try to be forgiven instead of. I, I really hate those like half-assed sorry response videos. Yeah, me too. Because they just get roasted in the end anyway. They, they... I, I see so many of the memes where they just like type the sorry letter in chat GPT and that's exactly where it's Oh my word. god. Uh, <laughs> I remember a couple of years ago there was one uh, adultery one where like the there's the guy's sorry post the girl literally copied and pasted it and just switched like three or four words literally. God, like those people are so stupid stupid like what like, what like even it's just i cannot believe the audacity they have to do that kind of stuff like how dumb do you think your viewers are i mean granted some people are but you know <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh it's just it's wild to me also what i really hate is the opposite not in terms of redemption but um the stands the diehard stands like the 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 crazy obsessive fans that will forgive no matter what they do you know what i'm talking about yeah i like jake paul fans there's a example. couple content creators i know that should really actually be canceled because there's so much evidence on their crimes that they say they did do and all that stuff literally like lying about this like donating like they they racked up like thirty thousand dollars in money like yeah they're donating the, the nft scam that they did there's a bunch of them. Yeah, I, I don't know about NFT yet. No. That person like still makes content, has millions of followers, and they're like they just got buried. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I think May knows exactly what I know who I'm talking about though. Because we've I had can... this conversation before about this particular I can only think about um there's like a 
TikToker. I think she like had a fundraiser or a GoFundMe for like whatever country she's from, right? Yeah. And then she never posted her like making the actual donation and she never like followed up about the GoFundMe after she reached her goal. So people are just like, oh, she probably like just like took that money because she was, I think she still creates content now. But yeah. Like, it says a lot. That. Like it's so easy to just post your, the results to like clear your name. And if you can't do that much, then it's kind of saying something that maybe it's really true, right? Yeah. Talking about cancel culture, the one I can always think of right now, the one that's more prevalent to me is the one with Harry Potter and Hogwarts Legacy and J.K. Rowling. Mm. It's just, it's, it's, like, J.K. Rowling, obviously, not a great person. Some, you could say she's probably a horrible person, right? Very anti, anti-LGBTQ plus views. And has shown no signs of redemption, right? So obviously, cancel culture there is like probably justified, but the fact that people are, are are using it in a way to target other people that aren't following her views but just want to support Hogwarts Legacy developers or the game in general, I think that's a little bit out of line. Um, but the the issue is very very complex and nuanced. And I think it's yeah. it's very hard to cover. It's hard to think just one way about that. Yeah, and it's just in that case, I feel like there are people in that situation where they're just like sending death threats to people who are, you know, playing and streaming the game. And I, I obviously don't think that's the way to go about it. I, I I never think death threats are the way to go about it. I think there are better ways, but it's just there are people who do that, and I don't think that is very healthy. Um, that that being said, we are we are reaching almost the hour and thirty mark, so I think we should probably wrap it up for today's podcast. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for joining me today, May, um, David, Deco. Did you forget my name? No, I was <laughs> I was trying to figure out whether they call you Deco <laughs> or David. Which which one do you prefer? I'm having so much trouble like introducing like people that are close friends, but they have like nicknames or alternative names that they want to use i just uh do you prefer deco it's just easier to go with deco because that's more of my online presence okay sure so from now i'll just refer to you as deco at least with an online space yeah <laughs> but yeah uh for everyone who's watching thank you we appreciate it um if you guys want to see or listen back to the podcast later on uh, we will try to post this on youtube for everyone to see so thank you guys for tuning in um we're trying to make this a weekly podcast and obviously there are changes that we might make later on like potentially having face cams but we're, we're gonna we're gonna have to talk more about discuss more about that later on but yeah expect it to see it next week sometime maybe sunday again <laughs> but yeah thank you guys for, for having me of course. And it's not like we hang out every day anyways. <laughs> no different. This is just us without games. Yeah, th yeah. This, is, this is actually the longest time I think we just talked about. No, that's not true. That's not no, true. Like, after no, we, we game, we usually talk. stay on Discord and just talk. Yeah. yeah. It, it is nice, though, to have like an outlet to talk about stuff, though. 
No, dude, I felt so limited. But when we started planning this, I was like, shoot, I don't know what to talk about. I mean, I want to <laughs> save this. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's so funny. It was... Um, Valorant? I can play like one game, but I might have to cover for someone for two hours <gasps> from 6 to no. 8 p.m. No. But I'm not closing, closing or anything, so I should be able to come back like this. We can probably just play after you're done. I'm, I don't even know if we can pick it at 5 right now, honestly. Not true. I mean, if we do, I'm, I can play just one or two games max until I get back. Okay. Or if, until I find out that I don't have to go. Yeah, we'll see. Is that 6 you said? Yeah. Essentially, if I do go, it's going to be a shift from 6 to 8 p.m. Alright, stream. Um, that's going to be it for the podcast. Thank you guys for watching. Appreciate it. Uh, I may or may not be back later for streaming gaming. But... Yeah, that's it for now. Thanks for watching. Goodbye Bye, from Marie the three stream. of us. Bye. I heard a sound. I don't know. Wait.